Hi, I'm Ellie, a third-year geography student. And I'm Katerina, a third-year vet student, but now doing zoology. Welcome. We're pleased to be spoken with you today. The Spoke is a podcast designed to meet all your cat-based needs. Bringing you interviews and features in and around college. We finally abandoned Microsoft Teams, and this episode is being recorded here in Cats. In the same room. As you can probably tell, we love a pun, and the spoke is a pun based off the college wheel. So settle down, grab a cup of tea, a biscuit, and some slices of fried bread. It's the spoke. Podcats and pod kittens, welcome to another episode of The Spoke. Democracy is the lifeblood of any functioning society, and the JCR is a society to end all others. So, we thought we'd do an episode about democracy. More specifically, make a JCR president episode. The first person we thought then to go to was a JCR president himself, Jack Stebbing. Jack Stebbing was welfare officer for the JCR in his first year, before stepping up to the presidency in his second. Having never been either head boy or a member of his pupil council during school, he was no careerist politician. He was a maverick. He was but a humble music student who can play the bassoon and cross his pinky toe over his adjacent one. On both feet. Blimey. We sat down together on the Spoke's first ever in-person podcast. Instead of using the power of Microsoft Teams, we used the power of face masks and social distancing to produce this pod. Let's hear from Jack. We are now up here in Woodlark Room 16, and we are luckily joined by none other than the Cats JCR president for the current year, Jack Stemming. Good evening, Mr. President. We are pleased to be spoken with you. How are you this evening? Hello, I am great, thank you. Delighted to be here. <laughs> so what makes a young music student leave the chapel behind him and turn to the cutthroat world of JCR politics? Well, Robert, as an ex-JCR committee member yourself, I'm sure you'll know <laughs> it's... Uh, it's very much as far from cutthroat as it's possible to be, really. It's, uh, you know, you're all students and you're facing similar issues. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much a collective rather than political um, organisation. And that's really kind of what attracted me to it, actually, is, is the idea that a body of students is elected from a larger body and then they, in turn, look out for the general welfare of, of everyone in the college. So it's I think it's it's just a lovely thing to do, and that's kind of why I applied. And um, I'm sure you know, like a couple of years ago, I was, I was the um, welfare officer because at the time I, I, uh, well, I was really interested in um, in men's welfare in particular, well, self-identifying men's welfare, mm. um, and I mean, it's still something which interests me now. Um, but uh, I, I thought about the fact that it's often just not very openly discussed um, and it's I was hoping by going for the male welfare role that I could make at least some contribution to helping to, to ameliorate that. Well you did. Oh, <laughs> so what was it like being welfare officer then? Any highlights, any lowlights? Oh well I mean overall it was it was a really great experience. I mean I really enjoyed doing it but I mean, as with any role in the JCR, it, it has its ups and downs. I mean, to be honest, as with the Cambridge term, it has its ups and downs, and yeah. um, especially it being first year as well. And I mean, this was back when the college didn't have their own welfare officer. It was just 
me and my counterpart Charlotte, who is an amazing welfare officer. Um, and uh, so, I mean, you know, trying to do a Cambridge degree and be a welfare officer was it was difficult at times. I mean, um, it kind of felt quite like there was a bit of pressure, but. To be honest, I mean, when something goes through and like you can see a positive change in the college, I mean, it really makes it all worth it. Like, um, I mean, Children in the Chapel is a great example. Like, I well, starting that again after it hadn't been happening, it was just wonderful to see it's a group of people collected together and just kind of informally making music and just having a great time doing it. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it was really rewarding in that way. Yeah, I remember when I applied on the open day being told about Children Chapel and just being like, whoa, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad it's back. Well, it's, it's lovely to see that it's being continued as well yeah. by the um, Music Society president, Alex Wallace, and, cool. um, and Alex and Anusha as well, who, who have taken on the role of welfare officer really, really well and yeah. over the summer as well. I know that you interviewed them mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. So why then did you turn your back on welfare and bulk buying contraceptives? What prompted this run for president? Well, um, it's, a, it's a funny question because I uh, I wasn't planning on running at all. Um, and uh, I actually, it was extremely last minute. I actually mm -hmm. missed the deadline to, to <laughs> apply. Um, I, To be honest, at the time, I, I because I was doing a lot already, I was already the Music Society president. And um, I wasn't really sure whether I'd be, be up to it. It was quite a daunting thought. But I mean, I just sort of, I spoke, I was speaking to some people, I got some messages as well saying like, you know, you should run. And um, I kind of just thought, why not? I mean, it's a great opportunity. I, I'm probably not going to get an opportunity like it again. So I might as well try it. And um, and then closer to the time, you know, around hustings and, and voting, I sort of really started, did, did start to realise that, you know, I do really want this actually. Yeah. Um, oh. And uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, it was it's a great decision to take. You already done and got it. <laughs> um, so, like, how have you found it in general? What have been like the highlights of being JCR president? Well, I mean, so just going back slightly there to, to what I was saying earlier about it being last minute and quite a daunting mm -hmm. thing. Like retrospectively, it, it's honestly one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like, as a as a person, it's really helped me to develop um, in self confidence and and confidence in my ability as well. Yeah. It's. I mean, I won't lie. It's been it's been really hard at times to, when mm -hmm. when it feels like there's a lot. There's just a lot. <laughs> like you're um, sometimes it feels like you're, there's just a tide of admin above you, um, and particularly with with the pandemic happening, that's just been an added um, lot of stuff. But on the flip side, it's also really rewarding. I mean, it's it's one of the most rewarding roles I think you can you can have is to to try to help the. You know, interests and the general welfare of, of everyone around college. Absolutely. I mean, you, you said there how you know, the pandemic was this big, big thing. And, you know, it's a responsibility that was quite serious. But also, I mean, what, what's sort of the strangest thing that you've had encountered from your time on the JCR as president and welfare officer? I mean, what, tell me about the positives and the fun bits. <laughs> um, well, I mean, one of the strangest, well, first of all, I, the, the most surprising thing, I think, just for me was the the number of crush bridges I got actually <laughs> um, was extraordinarily surprising, yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, also appreciated. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I think that the strangest thing, I don't know if it's strange exactly, but seeing the sort of 
inner lives of the fellows. The, you know, twice a month they congregate in this room and they, they sort of speak about secret matters. I mean, there's, yeah. an, there's a reserve bit which I'm not even allowed into. But, um, oh my God. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't delve into it, um, but um, it's, yeah, it's just very, very formal. Everyone wears their gowns. But, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the strangest things. I suppose things. college is strange in of itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So for many students, one of the main ways that like, if you're not on the JCR, to connect with the JCR is through the anonymous form. Have you got any highlights from the JCR anonymous form for us today? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> there have been some very funny ones. Um, actually, the, uh, the code word for the um, uh, sexual health supplies is also very entertaining. <laughs> um, one person put a, uh, a member of college personnel as the <laughs> code word, which I, I won't say who, but... Um, and then also, yeah, on the anonymous form, I had, I had, uh, you know, would you rather eat poo-flavored chocolate or chocolate-flavored poo? That was actually submitted <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> you can believe it. Someone wants an answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, also had, uh, someone put once, you know, someone chunned in the Goslin staircase, clean it up, chaps. <laughs> oh um, and also, what else? Oh, someone wanted a TikTok-themed bop. So Jack, looking back on your time, your presidency, what would you say is your greatest achievement? Um, I mean, it's a very difficult question to answer because I think the committee is a very much, it's a rolling thing and we, we push through things as they come to us. But I mean, probably one of the most fun things I've done and definitely the most visible is the introduction of the environmentally friendly gowns, which has been really great to see. You know, um, it's kind of crazy that there's this archaic tradition where you have to buy a you know 40 quid gown from a retailer yeah. or so when mm -hmm. you get here so being able to provide a gown at like three quarters of the price and and well in fact more than that from, from the other place yeah, yeah. and also something which is really good for the environment as well it's been really nice and to see the pressures of wearing it and going around the college wow. brilliant yeah saving everyone some money there so obviously the JCR is filled with some big egos. I don't know everyone, you know, well, as someone who has formerly served on, served and done public duty on the JCR, uh, I can attest to that fact. How do you how do you find managing the meeting and managing the committee uh, or leading yeah. the committee even? Honestly, I mean it's been really fun, um, and I mean the committee are a delight. Like they're all, in fact, it's lovely to see how committed they all are to their roles, and they you know they'll take the initiative. Um, they don't have to just be told what to do or anything like they'll come with their own ideas and I mean like just last week the academic officer did this survey and did this hugely in-depth report and like it's just off his own back so it's yeah. really lovely to see um, and uh, yeah I mean it's it's very much nice to see students discussing their own issues and finding um, finding ways around them. Brilliant. So the big egos are a net positive. <laughs> so we may have a few prospective presidential candidates listening, and hopefully we do, uh, because we need a leader for next year. And we're wondering, what would be your advice to them? Why should they do it? And when they do it, what should they do? Well, I think it's, it's a great opportunity, I think, is, is the thing that I would say, is that it's really rewarding. So it's, I wouldn't do it if you're you know, just looking for... Uh, there's some, something to do but um it's definitely one of the more um one of the more interesting experiences you can have especially at the college um and it's 
a great opportunity to just give it a go and, and just like try your hand at running a committee and putting things forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I in terms of advice, it's kind of a, it's not really something that I can say because each president has to sort of, well, one of the lovely things about it is that you can forge your own path, really. But yeah, I mean, it's, I definitely recommend doing it. Um, it's quite a big commitment, um, but definitely something worth doing. Good luck on anyone who wants to follow in your footsteps. Oh, well. um, now you are almost done with being president. What is next for Jack studying? Will you be doing public speaking events at Goldman Sachs or will you be turning your attention to some new student societies? In short, will you join Kat's premier student-run podcast, The Spoke? Uh, well, I mean, it does seem a slightly leading question in that way, <laughs> but um, yeah, I certainly, I'm very much looking forward to joining the Spoke. Um, it's going to be really exciting. Um, and it's a great team of people to work with. Well, thank you for that Spoke exclusive. Uh, Nora, that's <laughs> you heard that it here first. <laughs> so our final question, which we ask everybody that we talk to, uh, and we're going to ask you this now, is what three words would you use to describe your time in college? And before you answer, we've had some complaints that everybody uses the word friendly. So the word friendly is banned. So you can use, we, that's, that's a pre-given. We all know we're a friendly we college. Get it. We need new words, apparently. So what are they? Okay, well, I, I'm gonna slightly circumvent the issue here. But I'm gonna, it's, it's veering slightly close to friendly, but I'm gonna go with accepting. Oh. Um, because that's the general impression I've got from the college. I mean, it's just not a, it's not a judgmental place. Um, I mean, everyone here seems you can kind of be whoever you want to be at the college and no one's going to tell you off for it. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a really lovely, accepting, collaborative place. Um, in other words, oh, uh, bricks. I think bricks often yeah. get overlooked. <laughs> it's a really bricky college. Um, and I think definitely part of the, the college identity has got to have bricks in there. Um, and finally, I think... It's just fun, really. Yeah. It's just been a really enjoyable experience for me and, and the people I've spoken to as well, I think so as well. So, so accepting bricks and fun. Rolls off the tongue. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us, Jack. Thank you for your time. Thank you for speaking with us today. No, not at all. It was, it was lovely to, to speak to you. Thanks. After chatting to our glorious prez, we are now sat here outside on a blustery afternoon in Charlotte Court, obeying new college rules, with a very special guest, JCR presidential candidate, Rory Cockshaw. Welcome, candidate Cockshaw. We're pleased to be speaking with you today. Hello, thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, so for those of us who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yep, so I'm Rory. Um, I'm a second year Natsuki. Um, I study ecology, animals and the history and philosophy of science. Um, so I'm very interested in things like sustainability and policy and how sort of science affects the daily world, um, which is kind of important right now, obviously. Definitely. So what are your experiences on the JCR and how do you think they prepared you for the presidential role? Uh, yeah, so I'm the communications officer at the moment. So you'll see my uh, email address. Um, well, emails from me popping through every now and again. Um, I A lot of my work is actually quite behind the scenes. So I'm one of the executives on the JCR. So I kind of... Uh, we talk about the minutes, uh, the agenda for each each meeting. Um, I also sort of organise the website and run that, um, updating the website whenever it's needed. I write up the minutes after every meeting, um, and also people send things to me, like things they want to discuss in the meetings, and we talk about those a bit. And also, I just attend all the meetings and sort of give my thoughts on uh, various um, aspects. Lovely stuff. 
So you said on your manifesto that you never make time to procrastinate. How do you relax? How do you let your very long hair down? Um, I don't much. Um, I mean, I so I, I do things like cooking. Uh, that's like a really sort of. I know it's not a chore anymore. Before cooking used to be like, oh, just go and like throw some pasta in. But now it's actually actively enjoyable. Um, so I've been kind of uh, exploring with various ingredients this term. Um, also things like climbing. Although with uh, Boris's announcement yesterday, the climbing wall is going to be shut down, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and obviously rowing, but now rowing sort of my job now that I'm one of the LBCs there. Um, so yeah, a number of things, but it's all kind of, it's all productive almost. Brilliant. So we're going to set the scene. You've become president. It's your first day on the job. What are you going to do? Um, first day on the job, there's a number of things that I can get done right away. So one of the things I really want to do is increase the transparency of the JCR. And so by... Uh, in doing that, I think I'm going to set up a spreadsheet and have it on the Facebook page immediately so that when people send in anonymous suggestions or agenda items get raised or manifesto points or et cetera, et cetera, um, everybody can just click on this spreadsheet and just see how things are progressing. So that's the number one thing I want to do. The other thing I want to do on my first day, uh, or at least in the first week, is start setting up meetings with not just JCR committee members to see how they're getting on, um, but also I want to set up meetings with uh, college staff. Uh, the president, the master, maintenance people, catering people, etc. Um, and just see what we can do for them, what they can do for us, what they think of the JCR and how we can kind of improve our relationship. Interesting stuff. So you've written on your manifesto that you want to sort of change how we support self-isolating households. Obviously, a lot of people are you know, getting their positive tests back and are having to experience two weeks cooped up. What, what, what sort of ideas do you have to sort of make that a bit easier for people? Yeah, so this is like one of the major things that I think whichever one of us becomes president we're going to have to deal with um it's also one of the things that's really difficult to make promises about because the as we saw yesterday the situation can just change so rapidly that like it's impossible to say what will and what won't be allowed um but there are like a number of things that can be run so obviously like zoom socials however much they kind of um some people love them some people hate them some people just don't care um there's a whole range of things we can do with that. All the liberation officers, like the women's officer and the BMA officers, they can carry on running their events, potentially at an increased schedule, just so there's kind of things to do. Um, there's also some ideas I've got because um, I, I personally find that physical health is like a really big part of mental health. And so, and actually like getting outside and just having some fresh air. Um, it's important to note that in the last lockdown, exercise was still allowed. And I think yesterday, if I'm right, it might be updated soon, but um, they said that you can still exercise with one person not in your household. And so what I'm thinking is some kind of scheme of either walks or runs or whatever you want to do. Um, almost like the blind dating system, which I don't think will be allowed anymore. That was kind of proposed in the last couple of weeks. Um, but you just meet up, you go and get some fresh air with somebody new, you have a bit of a chat, and then you go back. and um, So that, that might work. Um, but it, it's going to have to be very sort of adaptive. We're going to have to get feedback from households that are isolating and constantly as well. Um, just so we kind of we're, we're keeping in time, we're keeping in tune with the times. Lovely stuff. So on your manifesto again, you write that you're very passionate about sustainability. Why is this so important to you, and what do you think college could be doing better? Well, sustainability is, I think, the most important thing because if we aren't sustainable now, then we, we in, a, in an inclusive sense, like humanity in general and all of the other life on Earth, just won't be around in not very long in the geological timescale. Um, so sustainability is incredibly important to me. Um, I think things that college could be doing, college for one are fairly good on sustainability front. Like we were um, we were the first college in Cambridge to be uh, fair trade, which isn't necessarily sort of environmentally focused, but it's kind of like social justice, environmental ethical justice, um, which is really good. Also things like the hub project, um, which would be really nice. And 
things like that. Um, but things that we could do better, for instance, there's the um, Cambridge Sustainable Food or Cambridge Food Sustainability. I can't remember which way around the words go. Um, but this is this organisation that I really want to get part of um, who have uh, like a number of levels, like a bron uh, bronze award, silver award, gold award. Um, and they just kind of provide sort of management and advice for organisations, businesses mostly, but I think college can become part of it, of how they can sort of reduce food waste, increase ethical sourcing of foods, um, increase sustainable sourcing of foods, etc. Um, also things like the TerraCycle scheme. So this was proposed like a while ago to the JCI, I think to Rebecca Eden's residence even. Um, and uh, yeah, so they are just a really good scheme for recycling things that are otherwise really difficult to recycle, things like pen lib caps uh, and so forth. So there's a whole number of things we can get involved with that we aren't currently involved with. Um, and I really want to push our JCR to uh, do better on that front. Nice, interesting stuff. Obviously, lots of this sustainability stuff is ambitious, necessarily so. But obviously, you've got to work with college. So you've written on your manifesto that you want to see things like double glazed windows. Obviously, that's going to help sustainability because heating will go down. And you want to see better Wi-Fi, that's another thing. You want to see um, no, no more plastic forks in a hole. How is Rory Cockshaw going to make change happen in college? Okay, so there's... Um, I think that there's one one argument that actually you don't necessarily need to do things different to predecessors in that you can just be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And so even by doing the same kind of things as previous JCR presidents are doing, as long as we just keep pushing, eventually things are going to go through. But there's also another argument. Obviously, that's kind of idealistic and isn't necessarily the case. Um, but that's one thing to point out. The other thing to point out is that actually things are very different this time for two reasons. The first is that obviously coronavirus. Um, and so things like um, sort of massive changes around colleges, things like double glazing are increasingly important, not just because of the amount of time people are spending in their rooms, um, but also because of like the building work, et cetera. Um, and the second reason that things are different is because, uh, well, the building work. Um, so th there's a hub project going on now, which is over the next sort of year or two in college. Um, work is gonna be going on in chads in, I heard sort of two, three years time. Um, so it's not kind of forefront right now, but it's kind of a, a progress over the next five years or so. There's going to be a lot of things changing in college. Um, and so it's, it's not necessarily just going to be me that gets this done. It's going to be I'm going to keep pushing for it. But because of the things that are being planned now, such as building work at Chad's, it's increasingly easy to roll things like double glazing into those building works that are up and coming and currently in the, in the works. Obviously... At the moment in JCR politics, we're thinking an awful lot about KUSU or KAMSU or whatever we're calling it these days. You write on your manifesto that college can find answers to problems caused by KUSU or KAMSU. But what are those problems and why do we need an answer? Um, yeah, so the problems that are posed by KAMSU are kind of many and varied and distributed weirdly through time. So sometimes KAMSU come up with ideas. So like the Demand Safe Cambridge, there was almost no support for that in the student body. That is an example of a problem that just, I think KAMSU are increasingly distanced from the students. Um, and that obviously varies through time because the, who, whoever's on the KAMSU council, that changes obviously yearly, termly, etc. Um, and the views of the students and the needs of the students also change rapidly through time. So there's sometimes when KAMSU just doesn't support us at all, and sometimes it's really good. Um, it should be pointed out that um, uh, KAMSU are actually really good for particular groups of people like students with disabilities and sort of other specific needs that only apply to a small number of students. So for most of us, so for me personally, KAMSU, I don't think has ever like done anything actively that I've noticed, but for other people, that is definitely not the case. Camps have done loads for them. 
Um, and so I don't think we should disaffiliate. Um, I mean, disaffiliation, the, the arguments are no longer really there because there's no financial disaffiliation anymore. It's just kind of a statement that doesn't really get us anywhere. Um, what I think is more important in dealing with CAMSU is getting CAMSU more involved, not less involved. Um, so by getting them more involved, what we, see, what we saw with the Demand Safe Cambridge is that CAMSU just didn't know what people wanted, right? Um, by getting them more involved, by inviting relevant CAMSU offices to our meetings, by us attending their meetings more, um, by writing to them every now and then and kind of seeing what's going on, what the developments with the projects are, just writing open letters as well, uh, getting our point of view across. That's far more important than just saying, no, we don't want anything to do with you anymore. Brilliant. So I've got a very important question for you now, one that Jack Stebbing himself had to answer last year. Would you rather eat chocolate-flavoured poo or poo-flavoured chocolate? I remember this question in Hustings last year. It was a very good one. Um, I would say... Uh, poo flavored chocolate for a few reasons one it's just like i don't want to mess up my microbiome so much like it's very important not to do that um two as well it's just like i'm not that driven by taste like i'm i'm kind of more focused on health than taste so um i think i'd probably soldier through it um i mean chocolate's not that good for you anyway but as long as it's kind of it's free from and from sustainable sources then that's far better fascinating thank you for that vital insight um <laughs> Obviously, we are the friendly college, as everyone likes to say, and we want to see how friendly you and your opposite number, Lawrence, are to each other. So we're wondering, what does Rory Coxshaw think Lawrence's best strength is? His best strength? He's a very personable person. Like, Lawrence is genuinely just a really nice guy, and it's, it's rare that you can say that somebody is, like, genuinely just nice, but every interaction I've had with him has just been, like, um, I don't know, just really happy smiles, sort of um, chill, easy to get on with. I think that'll be... I mean, he would be a really good president, and I was really pleased to see that he had actually applied. Um, because, uh, yeah, for for a long time it was like nobody else was taking it, and I was like, well, what's going to happen here? Um, but yeah, so I think it kind of it almost takes pressure off me in a way that he has applied because, like, if I don't get it, it isn't a disaster because actually he'd be a really good president. Um, so yeah, very very sweet. Lovely stuff. So now we're going to end the way we end all of our interviews. With the rain pouring down. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would your three words be to describe your time here at CATS without using the word friendly? That's really difficult, actually. I was thinking about this. This was the one question that like, I didn't want to come up because it's impossible. But I think probably cosy, amiable, and synonymous with friendly but oh well um, and I don't know sort of harmless there's nothing much wrong with it I mean there's things that are wrong but like in terms of comparing it to other colleges it is pretty it's pretty good at everything just a little bit beautiful well thank you very very much for talking to us uh, Rory best of luck with your campaign we're very pleased to spoke with you today thank you pleasure to be here we are now sat here on a dark evening on the same bench in Charlotte Court, but we are not sat here alone. This time we are with Lawrence Fredericks. Hello, Lawrence. We're pleased to be speaking with you today. Hello. It's nice to see you, Bo. Thank you very much. So, of course, a JCR president is a man of the people, someone we all need to get to know and learn a little bit about. So we're wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course. So, of course, I'm Lawrence Fredericks. My pronouns are he, him. And as I won't let you forget, at Hustings or my manifesto, I'm the current LGBT plus officer mm. for the JCR. Um, and I'm also a second year land economist. Um, I'm from Southport, which is a town near Liverpool. And I am running for JCR president this year. Brilliant stuff. 
So you're a land economist. That must be pretty hard, pretty time consuming. How do you let your hair down? Yes, land deck is so busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so landing is quite good because we are flexible with our hours, which is really decent because it means I can arrange my day around things I have planned, which would be excellent for meetings. But in my free time, what I do is, of course, I have JTR LGBT plus officer roles, which I will tend to. Um, but I'm also quite active in that I like to go for runs. So, for example, um, I go for runs to Grandchester quite a lot. That's always a nice relaxing activity. Um, but I'm also quite involved in access projects with college. So, for example, I work with uh, Catherine Singleton, who's the school's liaison officer. Um, and we do quite a few access workshops for state schools. And then on a personal level at the minute with my free time, um, I like to continue this project I started in the summer, which is consulting with um, state schools on how they can improve state school students' prospects in a non-academic sense post-education to succeed in the job market and university life um, so that they can compete with uh, private school students. So. Brilliant stuff. We love to hear about people who do running. I'll sure to see you on Strava at some point soon. <laughs> so obviously you've been the LGBT officer. You've sat through many, many JCR meetings. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what that experience has given you. Are you ready to step up to the president's? Most definitely. <laughs> so um, as JCR LGBT plus officer, of course, I'm not just representing my own identity, which is a gay male. Um, I'm also representing the entirety of the LGBT plus community here at CATS and in a sense also the wider university through influence in JCR decisions that we make. Um, so what that means is, is that I have to engage and understand different identities to my own and how I can consider them in every decision that I make and I think that that's something that is really beneficial for the presidential role because of course I'm then extending that to the entire JCR student body um, which is very important to be able to do as president. Also, as the LGBT plus officer, I haven't just worked in isolation, which is a bit of a triggering word now. Um, <laughs> um, I've been working with other officers at the same time. So over lockdown, for example, I was working with the welfare officers to produce resources for Pride to bring the community together um, so that we didn't feel like we were too alone over summer. Um, and also the BME officers during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, we're producing resources. And yeah, so what that means is, is that I can not just work individually, but also as a team and understand the roles of other officers and how I can use them to engage my role and really produce something effective, which I think would be really beneficial for the JCR committee as a whole, because I could do that with the entire committee to really make sure it's productive, effective and working in your favour. Lovely stuff. So. We're going to set the scene now. It, you've won the election, you're president. What are you going to do on your first day in office? First day in office, well, celebration, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the first thing I really want to do is get started with organising and setting up these one-to-one -one calls with student households so that I can introduce myself and get to know the student body of CATS on a more personal level so that I can really understand how the student body is feeling at the minute in preparation for my first few meetings. What I can take to college and really push for is the student interest and the best way to get to do that is to know exactly what you want as soon as I can. So yeah, that's what I'll be getting on with straight away. Wonderful. So 
what we were on, on your manifesto, you've spoken a lot about improving meetings, improving how they're run, and improving engagement with it, of course. Uh, and what we're wondering, essentially, is how is that going to happen? Lots of candidates before have said this is going to happen. What's different with you? Um, better motivation is absolutely the way forwards. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing is introducing an internal JCR feedback system, which we currently lack. Um, so what that will do is it will allow for um, JCR committee members to let me know anonymously how they think that the meet how they think the meetings and the committee itself is being run, how it could be improved, perhaps how meeting structure could change so that people are better facilitated in communicating their ideas and thoughts. Um, because of course that would be conducive to better policies being put forward and enacted. Um, but also whether people need more help. And supporting that is of course that tracking progress form, um, being able to understand how committee members are getting on. So I can offer help by understanding whether or not they're struggling um, and as well. Um, the committee members themselves will be able to motivate themselves knowing that this information is accessible to everyone. People can see what sort of progress you're making with the policies you promise to put forwards. And that's motivating on their behalf, but also it allows students um, who are not on the committee to recall and understand what the JCR is meant to be doing over this period of time during their tenure. And of course, that will facilitate better understanding and that better understanding creates more motivation, more interaction. Hopefully people will come to more of our events and bigger turnout and it'll start a virtuous cycle, I hope. Brilliant. So one of the things you mentioned in your manifesto were student bar nights. Is that still a priority for you considering lockdown and everything that's happening? Absolutely, believe it or not, lockdown is the perfect opportunity to get college moving on the student bar nights. I think that this is actually a fantastic opportunity now. So of course the bar is not able to be used properly during lockdown. You can't really go in and sit in there. But what we can do is start to put um, get things into motion. So understanding how when social spaces can reopen, can we start straight away with having these student bar nights to get students into the bar to see their friends and get used to using this space um, more frequently and more um, in greater numbers to make it a more interactive environment. And of course, getting the bar just used more in general, um, it should hopefully start a virtuous cycle. And lockdown definitely provides that because if it's the first place that opens, then that's where students should go. And of course, this is something that has been burdening many a JCR committee, but not many have had a pandemic to work with and it has provided us with this opportunity that I definitely think we should be seizing. Speaking of issues that previous JCR committees have been very involved in, uh, we want to ask a little bit about gender neutral bathrooms uh, in the bar and what is your opinion on how they should, you put on your manifesto you want to see change, how would you want to see that change happen? Yeah, well it's about time that we got gender neutral toilets in the bar. Um, it has been a long-standing issue and people are working so hard to get it. The MCR LGBT plus officer is working hard. Um, of course, the preceding um, LGBT plus officer to me, Rob himself, worked very hard to get this through. Um, I've been working with college to try and get it through and now the EDI is trying hard to get it through. Um, but now we have this um, pandemic again, a running theme, um, and the toilets in the bar are no longer separated by male and female. They're separated by bar staff and students. And of course, there are different 
genders of bar staff entering one toilet and different genders of students entering one toilet. Um, and what that means is, is they are effectively gender neutral toilets now just separated by whether or not you're a student at the college or a member of staff. And that sort of allows us the opportunity to say, well, have there been any issues with these toilets? No. Then why should we change them post pandemic? Why can we not just keep these toilets gender neutral and finally get what the student body wants? We've had so much support in past JCRs for this to go through. And I think now is the perfect time to finally put that in action and confirm it as a policy, policy stance. And I will push it to get it because there's no time like now to seize the opportunity. So, um, how do you feel, uh, as president, you're going to best represent the student body in terms of coronavirus policies? Yeah, I think a big issue with the communication of um, what co college is doing in relation to um, coronavirus restrictions and policy versus what students want is that it's not being said that student welfare is at the forefront of their considerations. Everything they do, I'm sure that student welfare is in extreme consideration. But no students are really being reassured in that. So what I will be doing is pushing college to constantly be reminding students that this is an issue we're looking at and we know it can affect you in this way, but we're working to ensure that the best outcome is had, which would hopefully be this. I mean, of course, college can't necessarily talk about everything because sometimes plans have to be finalised before they can be spoken about. But what they could say is things are in consideration and we are putting your best interests at heart because CATS is a lovely college, the staff are lovely and the administration of the college really does want its college community to thrive. And welfare policies are indeed extremely important to infiltrate the coronavirus restrictions at the minute. And that is what I'll be pushing to get communicated. And also, of course, one of my policies is the one-to-one -one communication. So I'll be getting student thoughts on what is wanted in terms of having welfare prioritised in these restrictions. Thank you very much. So having discussed these important issues, we want to discuss an issue that's even more important to some members of the college community. And that is, would you rather eat chocolate-flavoured poo or poo-flavoured chocolate? Hmm... <laughs> Well, <laughs> this is horrifying. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'd be able to get over the perception of eating chocolate-flavoured poo, so I'd have to go with poo-flavoured chocolate and just pretend it's a really wacky avant-garde dish. Nice. The same answer as Rory Cockshaw. So, we're known as a friendly college, but right now we've got to keep things political. What would you say is Rory Cockshaw, your opponent's, best strength, and why would he make a good president? There are a lot of great traits about Rory. Um, Rory is a very friendly, approachable person. I think that's very admirable. Um, so what that means is, is that he's always out trying to help people in college. He's always active on the group chat, offering to help someone out if they need help. And I think that would be an excellent trait to have in a president, because... If a committee member needs help to do something, you can guarantee that he'll be there. Lovely. Very, very kind. So we're going to ask you our final question, which we ask all of our guests, which is, you, could you use three words to describe cats, excluding the word friendly? Energetic, warm, and home. Aww. Lovely. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you very much for having me. I've loved it. 
Wow, that was fun. We are recording this on Monday evening and the polls have just opened, so go vote wisely. We hope you found these interviews helpful. Now we're going to go in back indoors before we get too cold. See you soon. This episode of The Spoke was written and produced by Robert Sizer, Emily Gobey and Ellie Gregson. We want to thank President Jack for helping us to organise the interviews with the candidates. Thanks to the choir and Alex Wallace for our theme song. Additional thanks to Katrina Dixon for her artwork and thanks to Collins for funding the project. Also thanks to Kazal, Emma, Eleanor and George Kristen Marks for their love and support. Mm-hmm.